Hello, hello, hello. Greetings, everybody, in the name of our Lord and Savior. I'm so happy to be back this week. Y'all just don't know. Sometimes you got to fight your way and crawl and and scratch and dig to get to um, a place in God. Um, Most of you do not know. Weekend before, was it last weekend? Yeah. Last weekend, the reason why I was not on on this past Monday, that Friday before, I went to the emergency room. I've been having this um, bronchitis kind of cold cough, uh, fever, chills, and I've had it for over two months. Uh, Two or three different rounds of antibiotics. Things were just not going correctly, and I kept telling my boss that it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. I couldn't get no air. I was using my inhale and my breathing machine. I do have asthma, you guys, so just know that already. Um, And I I couldn't get no relief. So finally, I went to the um, emergency room, and they gave me some fluids. I was dehydrated. Um, You know, they they gave me some more antibiotics. and they gave me what's called solumedrol. Now, basically, solumedrol is a steroid. And when I tell you, when that solumedrol in my IV, it was like an open airway, kind of. It, it happened pretty quick. And I still was a little, I had some chest discomfort because I was still had the heaviness. But within 24 hours, I had started to breathe a little bit better. But then by Monday, I started feeling bad again. I had fever, chills, um, a cough, you know, um, not the, the heaviness in my chest, but the achiness, um, the fever, the chills, the cough. And I was laying down and I had fell asleep and I woke up right almost maybe before it was time for Bible study and I just felt horrible. And I said, you know what, it is time for uh, Sister Dara to rest. So that's what I did last week. I rested. I slept all day. Um, This past Saturday, I stayed in the bed. I just did not get up. Yesterday, I only got up long enough to go to church, and um, that was it. I came back home and plopped back down on the couch and watched the Super Bowl, and that was was the end of it. I didn't really do a lot. Now, today I got up and probably did a little too much, but, you know, God is good. So I want to welcome everybody tonight. Um, We left off at Genesis chapter 21, Um, but before we get started tonight, I want to have a a word of prayer. There are just a lot of people going through. We are not the only ones, and it's tonight we are going right into Genesis 22, and it's talking about testing and trials. And you know what? We Christians are not immune from testing and trials. We are not. Um, The scripture talks about it, and we're going to go through that tonight because we are talking about, we are still talking about Abraham. And, you know, he is, um, you know, they call him the father of faith because he went through. Um, and, you know, we get to see all the things that Abraham went through, and he still was labeled, uh, you know, the great, one of the great uh, men of God. So, you know, he went through, and we're going to see tonight how he handles another trial or another test. Okay, so let's all have a word of prayer. I thank everybody for that are here tonight and those that are on their way that are running late, y'all. You know, I'm trying to uh, – 
buy some time because I know some people are coming, but I am so grateful that everybody is here. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are just so grateful to be here tonight, God, to be able to study your word. Um, As we study your word, we are asking for wisdom, clarity, knowledge, understanding, so that we can live and learn your will and live your way, God. We are asking for special prayers tonight for those that are sick among among us. I know there are a few people that are, you know, coming down with this flu bug and that are just not feeling well, God. Lord, we are just asking that you just put your arms of protection around them. Um, God, we are we know tonight that you are calling us to something higher. We we don't know what it is just yet, some of us, but God, we are asking that through your word that and through us being more quiet and listening to what you have to say to us, God, that we will understand what you want us to do. God, we want to do less talking and more listening. We want to hear from you. God, thank you for uh, tonight for allowing us to be able to study your word. There are some people in other countries that are just not able to be able to just open the book and read and learn about you. They're doing it in whispers and hush-hush behind closed doors, God. So we are just grateful that we are given this opportunity to be able to study your word, God. And Lord, just if it if it be your will, God, just just give us the, the mouthpiece so that we can go out and tell others about you. We want to be able to share Jesus without fear, God. And we ask this in your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, so basically in Genesis 21, I'm just gonna wrap it up quickly, okay? Basically, what he did, uh, or what happened in um Genesis 21, we talked about the the difference between uh, the new and the old. Pretty much what it was was Sarah had given um, Abraham Hagar to wife. And remember what I said, even though it was legal, it didn't mean it was moral, okay? So what that means is just because something is legal and binding, doesn't mean it's a good thing or that it's morally right in the eyes of, of the Lord, okay? So I want to set that right there, and we ain't going to talk no more about that, okay? But all I'm saying to you is um, God does not hate people. He doesn't like sin, okay? So I want us to always, always, always remember that. God does not hate people. He doesn't like sin. Okay, so what was happening was um, Hagar had this son named Ishmael. Ishmael decided, remember, he was the only only child for about 13 years. And then Sarah has the promised son, Isaac, which means um, he laughed or laughter, he who laughed, okay? Why? Because, number one, Sarah was saying, you know what, everybody going to laugh. When they found out I'm pregnant and I'm old as dirt, not only did she have the baby, she was able to um, breastfeed them uh, and then wean them. Well, by the time this child became weaned, now you have two boys in the house, okay? You have Ishmael, which represented the earthly or the world, and then you have um, Isaac, 
who represented the spirit or the promise, okay? And we went through that already. I want you to go back and look at your notes. Or you can go back and listen to it on um, iTunes. So we're not going to go all the way through it tonight because we got two chapters to get through um, tonight, okay? And then what happened was Sarah said, listen, you got to send her on now. Her son is teasing my son, and I don't want – you know how they are. Come on, uh, people, women. Y'all know how we are. We brought the problem on ourselves, and now we got – now we mad. Now we got an attitude. Okay, so you done brought in the baby mama, okay? She done had a baby. Now you mad. Well, you know what? Hey, you was trying to help God out, so sometimes things don't always work out the way we want them to work out when we get in God's way. She was trying to help God out a little bit, okay? So she sent Hagar away. Well, she told Abraham to do it. Ain't that funny? So she told Abraham to send her away. So her and the, the son, they left and, you know, they, they went. And, um, you know, while they were out there, the water that, you know, Abraham had gave them was all gone and she was feeling hopeless and they were out in the, um, she was wandering around in the uh, wilderness of uh, Beersheba. All right. So once the water was gone, she threw the baby. Well, technically it wasn't a baby because he was older. He was a, a, a teenager. Uh, she threw the lad to technically um, he was a, a, a up there. Um, she told him, get up under the, you know, lay him up under the bush, lay on up under there and just, you know, whatever. But looky here, I, what I love, what I love to see is in verse 17 in Genesis chapter um, 21, it says, and God heard the voice of the lad. So that means the lad cried out to God, and God heard him, or at least he cried out, and God heard him. Remember, he's still, I call them those attached, trickle-down blessings, because he is still Abraham's seed. He promised Hagar all the way back in Genesis chapter 16 that he was going to bless her and bless him and make a great nation out of him. And we all know that God always keeps his promises, okay? So um, basically, you know, God kept his promises. Verse 19, he opened her eyes and saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave uh, the lad to drink, all right? And then it says, and God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness. So God um, kept his um promises. He dwelled in the wilderness of Paran, and then his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. Well, that's not hard to believe because she was originally, she was an Egyptian, okay? That's where they, you know, she came out of there, all right? So she got, I call them, uh, she got one of her home people uh, for her son, okay? So I also talked about um, the Israeli um, um, Arab conflict. Remember I talked about, you know, we see what's going on now over in um, Israel. Um, they're over there fighting. Remember I told you it's like 62% Muslim over there right now. A lot of people don't realize that, but if you if you look it up, do some research, it's like 62, uh, pretty high, it's a very high percentage of, of Muslims over there in um, Israel. That's why God is not finished with them over there yet. Remember I told y'all, um, 
even though these are, we know that these are God's chosen people, it's like a telephone. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're on hold. God is dealing with us, but eventually he's going to go back and deal with them. So you can just best believe there is not going to be no peace in the Middle East until God decides, God himself decides to deal with that situation. So anybody that, you know, promises peace over there, watch out. That's all I can say on that. Um, the rest of the chapter was about a, a whale. Abraham and Abimelech was arguing over a whale. All right. So we finished up uh, with that. And, again, you can go back and listen to the last, it was last Monday, but the week before uh, Monday uh, on um, iTunes. Okay. So uh, it was the 22nd. Okay. If you're looking for it. All right. So now we are up to um, Genesis chapter 22. Uh, chapter 22 and chapter 23 kind of really sets the for what type of man um, Abraham was toward the end of his life. Remember, he's been walking with the Lord for a, a while now. Uh, uh, he's up in age. Um, you know, Sarah's getting ready to pass away. I mean, they're up in age right now. So he's been walking with the Lord um, a long time. Remember, they waited 20, 25 years for just a son after God had said, I'm going to give you one with Sarah, not with Hagar, okay? So time has now passed again, okay? So Genesis chapter 22, and I'm tonight I'm reading out of the King James Version. If I switch versions, um, I have a uh, New Living Translation, and I have a message. Also, I have an NIV. So tonight I'm not going to read out of the NIV because some, sometimes they skip a few words. Uh, but we're going to do the uh, – I might do the New Living Translation, and I might do the message. But I'll always tell you before I switch translations, okay? So tonight I'm starting in the – King James Version, all right? And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. Remember, the only son now because Ishmael is gone, okay? So he's, he's out there in the wilderness being, you know, growing. For him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. Now, what I like about this is the next verse, verse number three. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass or donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Now, where in this verse does it say, Abraham said, but why, God? Abraham said, well, if you can tell me what you want me to do once I get there, I'll understand why you want me to take my son. Does it say that in Scripture? I'm trying to find it. It's verse number three. Okay, I didn't think it was there. I just wanted to make sure, because this is how, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when God asks me to do something, in my mind, I don't say it. I go, really, God? Come on. That's up out there, Lord. Why? I, I, now, mind you, we are all human, and we have all done it. But this is where Abraham is at in his faith. 
this is where he's at. He says, and Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. He got the wood for the burnt offering, and he went unto the place of which God had told him. So he immediately got up early in the morning. It didn't say he waited till the sun came up either. He got up early in the morning and did what the Lord told him to do. Doesn't say he laid there and tossed and turned all night wondering why God wanted him to take his only son up there and some wood for a burnt offering. Now, it's interesting to know that human sacrifices back in Abraham's time was normal, believe it or not, but not to the God of Abraham, okay? This is what I'm the reason why I'm saying that is the 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 peoples around Abraham, remember, they served all those foreign gods, the moon god, the sun god, the fertility god, this god, that which required sometimes human sacrifices. So that was the norm all around Abraham. So it probably didn't seem too far fetched when God said it in the first place, but Abraham still don't know what's going on. All he know is he told, God told him to go, and Abraham got up and went. He didn't question it, all right? Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now, notice he said, we are going to worship, and we're coming back. So what I like about Abraham is Abraham is thinking three, you know, one of three things. Um, he's either going to be delivered from the fire, through the fire, or by the fire. Somebody will catch that. Okay, so that means he's either going to stop him from it or after everything is over, God is going to give him another son or raise different from the dead, or he's just, that's it, it's, it's done. God asking for his son back, Isaac, is who I'm talking about, okay? So, and Abraham is in the mindset, you know what, hey, the Lord gave me this one. I'll either get another one or something else. But remember, God had promised him that he was going to make him a great, Nation, we know that Isaac is the um, the promised seed. Okay, we know that already, but we don't know what Abraham is thinking. I'm just throwing out some different things that have been going on. Okay, Abraham, verse six. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac's son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. So now they're having a conversation. That means Isaac is not that small because he's looking around, and in his mind he starts speaking because he doesn't see the sacrifice. So he's a little bit older than a newborn, okay? So he's having a conversation with his father. He says, behold, the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? So even Isaac is looking around going, hey, daddy, um, you got the fire, you got the wood. Where's the, uh, where's the sacrifice? 
And look what Abraham said to his son. And Abraham said, verse 8, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Now, he didn't mean something else. It could have been Isaac. But what he's telling his son is God is going to provide or you. He didn't say you, but he's letting him know God is going to provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Remember, what does John 3.16 say? God, what is that? Gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth on him should not perish. He gave his own son up to die for our sins. So what do you think these mere mortal people have coming is all I'm saying, okay? But, you know, God is merciful too, so he came through. Said in verse 9, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And this is what I found odd. Remember, Isaac is older. He's not a baby. So he was willing to do what his father told him to do. So you have the father and the son working together. Oh, my God. Somebody catch that. You have the father and the son working together to ensure that the father's will be done. Oh, boy, I hope y'all got that. I hope y'all got it, all right? So you have father and son working together, all right? And looking here, the father put his son up as a sacrifice, okay? And then look at verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am, or here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, sin um, hath not withheld thy only, thy son, thy only son from me. Okay. I, I I can't even ask that question because I have three kids and ten grandkids and then two that I'm raising again. So technically I have five kids and ten grandkids. That's a hard swallow to lay one of your children up, tie them up, and raise up a knife. Now, what if he wasn't stopped? Do you understand where I'm going with it? So, listen, a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. What can God or the Lord trust you with? Cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. All right? Um, I was reading... um, one of my favorite things I like to read is um, a book. Um, I read a lot of Warren Worthy. He's my favorite um, fellow when it comes to uh, 
commentaries, and one of the things that he said way back in a few chapters, he was saying that God is faithful even when we are faithless. I want you all to write that down. I carry that card in my purse all the time. And every time I go to pick up a piece of paper or uh, something like my calendar or something out of my purse, I see this, this little index card, and it says, God is faithful even when we only did he um, save, you know, the child. Um, he said, stop, all right? And then in verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in, in the stead of his son. Or basically, instead of his son, what do we always like to say, y'all? God always have a ram in the bush, okay? So now when we say that, we know what it's talking about, okay? Um, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. All right, so I want to stop there real quick going on here. First of all, they went to um, uh, uh, the land of uh, Moriah. Basically, what that is, okay, Mount Moriah pretty much or the land around it is an old um, um, area around Jerusalem, okay? Um, It's the site of a lot of things that's going on in the Bible. Um, One of the things... um, that it talked about uh, that that was there is um, Solomon's actually Solomon's temple was built on that in that very spot the mount okay Mount Moriah because um, that's where they are okay um, also uh, King David was in that area um, you know uh, uh, way way later after that time um, after King David again his son you know Solomon um, you know built that built that temple. Um, Also, after the uh, uh, captivity um, they were in, um, we're going to get to all those great stories. That's one of my favorites in um, Ezra and um, uh, Nehemiah, I think it is, Ezra, um, when they come back from the uh, 70 years of captivity in Babylon, um, they do the, uh, the, the, the shout and the horns, you'll know what I mean when I get to it, but that's like one of my favorite stories. God still has uh, plans for um, um, Mount Moriah. Basically now the Muslims and them are told Abraham, wherever you pitch your tip, wherever your feet step on, this is going to be the land that I give to you and your descendants. Now, basically pretty much his descendants, because Abraham never inherited the land. Okay? Abraham never did. He just picked his tip, marked the area off, and God said, okay, yep, I agree. You can have it. This is yours. Wherever you now, the land of Canaan is a massive area. It is a very, very big area. 
Um, it's over, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of, of square feet long. Like, it's massive. I can't even tell you how big it is, but it's massive. And today, people are claiming sections of this land as their own, which we already know they can do all that until the Lord comes back and says, you know what? No. This is Israel's land. This I made this promise to Abraham all the way back in Genesis, and now everything is going to come the way it needs to come. So just know that um, all of these things that we see in the Bible, you guys, we think that, you know, it's ancient history and, you know, what's going on in the Bible ain't got nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with us. Um, just like I talked about earlier, the Arab-Israeli conflict started right here where we're at right now because Ishmael was the forefather of the Arabs, and then you have Isaac, who is the forefather of the, the Hebrews, the Jews, okay? So you got two brothers here that are in is what's going on right now. You got descendants of those brothers over there cutting the food right now, okay? So, yes, it has everything to do with us. I always say uh, keep your eye on Israel. Keep your eye on what's going on over there. Just always be mindful and watchful of what's going on. Pretty much everything else, I don't really watch too tough, but I do keep my 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 eyes and ears. Just like when we went through the scriptures and we talked about Syria, uh, Turkey, all of those are present day. They were back in the scriptures back in the olden days. It was one land, okay? Now all of it is split up, but it's still the same. All those, um, actually, I even talked about it. The the countries that President Trump wanted to put a band on that could come over here. I know it was Syria, uh, 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 Turkey. It was a few of them. Um, he wanted to put bands on, and most of those are the countries now that were this land back in Genesis. Okay, but now the land is all split up over there. Okay, so just know that. Pay attention. I always say, pay attention. Read your Bible. Pray a lot and pay attention. Be watchful, okay? Um, now, we're going to continue on. Um, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand, which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Well, look at it. You have Abraham, then you have his son Isaac. Then you have Isaac's son, Jacob. Then you have the 12 tribes of Israel that came out of Jacob, okay, which is Abraham's uh, grandson. Then out of the tribe of Judah, which is one of Jacob's sons, came Christ, okay? Uh, um, so, oh, boy. 
So we got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, to, history to get through. That's why I always say it's very good to study at least Genesis and Exodus so you have a foundation. You have a foundation uh, of where these people came from. That way when you see things later on, um, you understand what, what we mean by the tribes and how important it is. Because even in the New Testament, I think the tribe of Asher um, is brought up in um, uh, Luke, I think it is. Because um, Anna, the uh, prophetess, she is of the uh, tribe of Asher. Even Paul, Paul is from the tribe of Benjamin. These are Jacob's um, son, which is uh, Abraham's grandson, Isaac's son, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just want to give you some things to think on, all right? Uh, so Abraham returns, verse 19, unto his young men, and they rose up and went together uh, to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba, all right? And it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, uh, Milcah, she has also borne children unto thy brother Nahor. Now, this is funny. Okay, this is what I call keeping it in the family. All right. So what we do know is that um, back in those days, um, they tried to keep the bloodline uh, pure, so to speak. You wasn't allowed to marry out of uh, your people, so to speak. Okay, so most people that were married, um, in this family anyway, was related or brothers of uh, nephews and, and cousins and, and this one and this one and this one. All right, so let's make it Abraham's father. His name was Terah, T-E-R-A-H. I want you all to write that down, okay? Then I want you all to draw a line, like down from his name and then straight across because we're about to add some churns. So this fellow, out of him came some children, and then they had some children. But I need you to see it on the map so you understand who got married to who, okay? Now, on your first little gap, we're going to start from the left to the right. We're going to put Sarah. Remember, Sarah was Terah's daughter. Abraham and Sarah are half brother and sister. They got the same daddy, different mamas. Now, where I'm from, we used to always say that on count because you don't know who the daddy was, you know. Uh, it could have been whatever. If it didn't come out the same mama, we ain't kids. Now, that's just what, when I'm where I'm from, that's what we used to say. That's the running joke of where I'm from. They ain't come out the same mama. They all got, you know, this man got about 14, 15 kids, but they got different mamas. So we wasn't for sure that them was our brother or sister. Now, we knew the ones that came from our mama, we was kin to. But them other ones, so sure. So the first one is Sarah, the second one, Abraham. So that is Terah's son, okay? Then you have Nahor, and then you have Haran, okay? So Nahor is N-A-H-O-R, and then um, Haran, H-A-R-E-N. So now if Terah had more sons, these are the three that I know for sure, it's Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Now, Haran died at, at a young age. He died. Haran had a son named Lot. Everybody knows Lot. Messi, Messi, Sodom, and Gomorrah, Lot. So what does that tell you? That tells you that Lot was Abraham's 
blood nephew. It was his brother, okay, brother's son, all right? Now, Haran also had a child by the name of Milcah, M-I-L-C-A-H. It's right here in the scripture um, where we just read. So she had a daughter. So Haran had a daughter named Milcah, a son named Lot, and then a child by the name of Iscah, I-S-C-A-H. So that you put that under Haran. Now, Nahor decided to marry Milcah. So that's what it says right here in the scripture. You have Haran's daughter, Milcah. She was born children unto his brother or unto her uncle, Nahor, because that was Haran and Nahor are brothers. Milcah is Nahor's, um, is uh, uh, Haran's daughter. She had children by Nahor. You got it? Okay. That's what this is in verse 20. I hope I did not confuse anybody. All right. So, um, again, Terah is the father. He had Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. He was also the father of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Nahor married Milcah, which is Haran's daughter, Lot's sister, is, is Milcah, okay? And they had children, okay? Now, Huz, verse 21, that's these children who are being named now. Huz is firstborn, Buzz is brother, um, Camulel, the father of Aram. These names don't really mean too much. But when you get down to um, verse 22, there are some names here. The last name on here is Bethel, B-E-T-H-U-E-L. That's in verse 22, okay? And look who Bethel begat, Rebecca. All right? So it says, these eight Milcah did bear to Nahor and Abraham, uh, Abraham's brother, okay? So. This is what uh, we know. Haran had Milcah. Milcah was married to Nahor. They had a child by the name of Bethel. Bethel had, like, one of them was named Rebekah. And also, Rebekah had a brother by the name of Laban. L-A-B-A-N. That was a slick joker. We're going to talk about him when we get to uh, chapter 24. But I'm trying to get you to kind of get the background because these names are going to start popping up. And if y'all know anything about me, which y'all should by now because I've been with you since Genesis 1, I love me some history and some background, okay? So Bethel has um, Laban and Rebecca. Well, if you know anything about the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saga, uh, uh, Isaac is going to marry Rebecca, okay? So that's why they're introducing her into the scripture now. So if you see it, so um, Bethel begat Rebecca. That's going to be Isaac's wife. 
but it's got to go through some things uh, <laughs> before they even get married. But I love Genesis chapter 24. There is a reason why um, it's the longest chapter in Genesis. I love it that the longest chapter in Genesis is about a man finding a wife. It's, it's funny. It's not, but it is. All right, so basically in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham was not only present when God called, but he was ready, willing, and available. My my uh, uh, pastor from a while back used to call it a fat Christian, F-A-T, faithful, available, and teachable. How many of us want to be fat Christians? Raise your hand. Me, 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 me. All right. God's call and mission was revealed once he said, here I am, or here am I. Not no, you know what, Lord, can you give me, let me sleep on it, because I really need to know what you're going to do. I need to talk to you about it first. You know, this is my only child. And you did say that I was going to be the father of many nations, Lord. So, you know, y'all know how we sound. Lord, if you just take this cup from me, who in the name of Jesus, y'all know how we can get real deep and spiritual quick. Abraham was willing to give up what meant the most to him. And look at there. God gave him everything. So Abraham was willing to give up everything, and God gave him everything, okay? So I want you guys to be writing this down. I hope you got your pencils, your pens, uh, because we're getting ready to go to the scriptures again. Um, and again, um, in return, what are we willing to give up to get everything? And I'm not talking about uh, tangible, something physical or, or money or houses or cars. There's way more at stake here. People's souls are at stake. The very word of God is not being taught, or at least not taught properly. It's so like, listen, you guys. I have I have a lot of people on there, a lot, just talking, and what they say sounds really good if you don't know no better. Like they sound like, oh my goodness, you know they they uh ooh they real deep and spiritual and ooh they got it all figured out. But but now, not if you read God's word every day and pray for wisdom, clarity, knowledge, and understanding. And there's some things that kind of make me just shake my head, and sometimes I cry because they're 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 not doing the right thing with what God has given them on a platform. And I'm gonna just stick that right there. Now, there are some good ones. I have a lot of um, um, apostle friends that are just awesome, awesome teachers. Uh, my pastor is, 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 is phenomenal. His wife's phenomenal. And he brings out the scripture. He opens it up and he says, check me. Not I'm right and this is the only way. No, check it for yourself. Read it for yourself. That's why we have. Bible study, so that we can search this word for ourselves, all right? Remember, God told Abraham in Isaac, shall thy seed be called, Genesis chapter 21, verse 12, and God is faithful and keeps his promises. Now, listen, everybody's tests are different. The Lord is trying to grow us. 
God never sends a test until he knows you are ready for it. You know, we, we run into a little bump in the road and we fall out. Oh, Lord, take me now. I just can't deal with it, God. It's just too much. No. God never sends a test until he knows you are ready for it. A faith, what, what did I say? A faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. God is trying to grow us. Trials, uh, 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 tribulations, they grow us. They move us on to the next level, okay? Our faith is not really tested until God asks us to, one, bear what seems unbearable, two, do what seems unreasonable, and three, expect what seems impossible. You know, um, when I first moved down here, everybody told me I was crazy. I just told this story to somebody the other day. Um, when I, I uh, was actually, it was the, um, it was yeah, the first time I moved down here, I quit a federal job. Listen, this is what happened. I'm not telling, recommending anybody to do this, but my faith level, God was testing me, okay? And I, I stepped out on, on faith. I really did. Um, I had a federal job. I was not happy at that job, but I was making really doggone good money. But the Lord knew that I was not happy where I was at, okay? I wasn't growing in my in my uh, um, spiritual life. I was kind of stagnant. I was just going through the motions, going to church, going to work, still smoking cigarettes, still going to happy hour, club. I ain't going to lie. I was a club girl. I told y'all this. Um, um, and I just kept going through the motions. I just was existing. I wasn't even living. And I was making good money. When I say good money, I was making really good money. And I went back to school. I got, you know, two college degrees. And I thought, ooh, yes, I have arrived. Nope. I was still unhappy. I was still sad. I was still depressed. I was just unhappy. And one day I was at work, and and a friend of mine, um, we worked together. We were coworkers, and she told me. She said, "You know, dear, I want to go to Florida." I said, "I was living in Indiana then, because I'm from Indiana. It was cold. It was snowing. It'd be minus twelve in the winter. Wind chill factor of minus twenty. I was miserable, making a whole lot of money." And uh, she asked me. She said, "Dear, you should come to Florida with me and visit. You know, you should come." I want to visit my sister, and I really haven't seen her in a long time, and I really don't want to go by myself. And I said, well, you know what? I ain't really doing anything. Uh, come on, let's do it. So we hopped in the car, and uh, or the plane. We came down here to um, St. Pete. She lived over on that side. I live on the other side now. Anyway, we met this sister, and me and her hit it off great. She had a three-bedroom house with a in-ground swimming pool in the back. Boy, she lived nice. And me and her hit it off and come to find out she was a nurse. And she said, what do you want to do with your life there? I said, you know, I've always wanted to be a nurse. She said, why don't you go to nursing school down here? Why are you going to live in Indiana? I said, well, one, I ain't got no job. I said, and two, I work for the federal government. I said, girl, boo, I can't do it. She said, you know what? You should. You always talk about, you know, you go to church. And she said, I don't even go to church. She said, but, um, what about that God of yours? I mean, maybe if you ask him, he'll let you move. Now, 
this is a uh, one of those times where the Lord had to use. Remember, I told y'all before. Sometimes God will use a um, somebody that's not in the faith to push you out there to go do something that God wants you to do. I've, I've said that before uh, when we talked about um, the birth of Jesus, because He used a Gentile ruler to to get Mary and Joseph. He called a census, get them to come down where they needed to come, so that the Lord, so that the Lord. Uh, um, plan to be, you know, met. So I um thought about it. I said, you know what? My kids are all grown. My last kid was in high school. My oldest two children were grown. I'm like, you know what? Why am I here? I'm not happy here. I don't care if I made a hundred thousand dollars a year. I still ain't happy. Money don't buy happiness. I'm a firm believer. It helps, but it ain't the last and final absolute, okay? So I just thought about it, and then I started praying, and I said, Lord, should I go? And you know what I said? It's funny, because I said, you know what? If the Lord opens up a door for me, I'm going to go. That woman called me back. She said, Dara, why don't you come and stay with me? You don't even have to pay me no rent. I got two bedrooms empty. Her husband had just passed away, and when he died, her house was paid off. She had very nice things. She was already, she wasn't worried about anything. She had her own money. She said, pack your things and come on and move down here. You know, you'll be able to find a job. It's Florida. Blah, blah, blah. Don't you have your CNA license? I was a CNA back then. Don't you have your CNA license? I was like, yeah. She said, when the last time you worked in a CNA? I said, it's been a couple of months. Why? And it's been a few months. She said, girl, you better send down here and get your Florida license and work until, you know, and then go back to nursing school and, and get your, um, Get your nursing license. And I prayed about that thing, and everybody thought I was crazy. They said, you're going to quit a federal job making how much to go somewhere where you don't even know this woman? You ain't got no job. Boy, I had to listen to it. Boy, when I tell you everybody thought I was nuts, they thought I was nuts. And I stepped out on faith because in prayer, the Holy Spirit had revealed to me, he said, if you come down here, I will meet you here. And when I came down here, uh, after a series of uh, planned events by the Lord, he kept throwing things. Like it seemed like once I made the step, I I put in my uh, 30-day notice at my job. My boss came over to my desk, and I'm not lying. She was a, a, a black woman. She came over to my desk. She said, what is your problem? And I said, what do you mean? She said, that's what's wrong with you, y'all, is what she said, y'all. She said, every time you get a good job, you don't realize it's a good job, and you just walk away. She said, don't you know this is the best job you ever going to have in your life? Nobody's going to pay you what we pay you. So that made me want to go even more. Then she called me ignorant and a few other choice words. So I said, you know what, thank you for for helping me make up my mind even more so now. So I packed my things, said goodbye to my family, came on down here. Within a month of moving down here, I had a job working for the state, state of Florida, within a month. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. After that, I got a place. I met somebody that um, my cousin was a pastor 
down here back then. And um, he said, you know, there I'm going to introduce you to somebody. She lives by herself. She, she's a very good person. Actually, she was on the city council. Uh, yeah. And he said, you know, I want you to go stay with her uh, till your place gets ready, uh, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? This woman that let me come down here and stay with her, it was a place to stay until I got down here and got on. It wasn't even a month. I wasn't with her a month. And I got a phone call from up north and said, you know, your kin people live down there, but they live on the other side of the state. You need to go over there. I called him, and within a two-week period, I had a job with the state. Technically, it was a total of a month, but two weeks after I called him, I had a job with the state, state of Florida, a massive pay cut. Um, I had I had my own place uh, about two weeks or so, maybe three weeks after that. Within six months, I got laid off from this um, um, well, I got a federal job after that. I got a state job first, then I got a federal job. So not only did they give me the pay that I was making in Indiana because I went from being a federal employee to a federal employee, they started me at what I was what I was making. It was better hours, Monday through Friday, no weekends, no holidays, all them good federal holidays. And um, um, Everything was reinstated, okay? Plus, I was living down here in Florida, no snow. So after about six months of working that job, I ended up getting laid off. And here's my right hand to God. Everybody that knows me know this story. Uh, when I got laid off, I went into the office for them to give me my, you know, little pink slip or whatever. They said, well, what is it that you want to do? And I said, well, I really want to go to nursing school. They said, listen, if you get in, We'll, we'll pay for it. So they gave me a severance package that actually paid for my nursing license so that I did not have to um, take any student loans. See, this is what happens when you step out on God, when you when he has you do the impossible, because this is what happened to me. Everybody told me I was nuts. So I got, my, um, I got accepted on the first try into nursing school because since I was 18 years old, that's all I ever, ever, ever wanted to be. And I used to laugh and tease myself and say, well, if I'm going to nursing school, I'm going to graduate before I'm 40. I got to do it before I'm 40. After 40, I ain't doing it. I used to say it all the time. I graduated from nursing school at 38 years old, or 37, actually. I took boards a week before my 38th birthday and passed on the first try. Ain't God good. So it was kind of like, Abraham faith. Everybody told me I was cray, cray. They said, I cannot believe you're leaving a federal job. You're leaving your home. You're leaving all your friends. You're leaving all your family. What's wrong with you? I said, you know what? This is where God is telling me to go. And everybody, they did not understand that. And But you know what? A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted, all right? Trials um, prepare us for spiritual growth. I want us to get this, you guys, um, or even help us, help prevent us from sinning. Um, I was listening, I was looking at Facebook the other day, and somebody had posted on there, there was a young lady on there, she was going to go meet up with a man, and she said, Lord, if you don't want me to go meet this man, give me a sign. Through her car wouldn't start. She said, Lord, 
I didn't mean that. I mean, Lord, if you really, really, really don't want me to go to this man house, let me know. And a text came through her phone that said, girl, go home. And then the third thing she said, oh, Lord, I don't think you heard me right. If you really, really, really uh, don't want me to go, send me a sign. I'm just going to go over and watch Netflix. And up on her phone popped Monique, the comedian, saying, let's boycott. I want y'all to boycott Netflix. And I had to laugh because it's not, sometimes it's not that direct, but sometimes it is. Okay, the Lord causes things to happen. We don't understand why they're happening, and sometimes it's to protect our own self from us. Okay, so um, trials are varied. What that means is uh, it's not, you know, win one, win them all. Each trial is different. Remember, trials are meant to to grow you. So, you know, and God knows when we need to go through the trials. Sometimes the trials, sometimes they have to, God has to um, chastise or discipline us when we have disobeyed um, God's will. In Psalms, uh, I was reading earlier in uh, Psalms 119, verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. So I stepped out of the will of God, but now I have kept thy word. Psalms 119, verse 67. All right. Trials are not easy. Um, Sometimes the death of a close loved one will make us sometimes not recover. Um, You know, my mom and my grandmother, my grandmother raised me, but I took care of my mom when she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, She had lung cancer, and I took care of her in my home while I was in nursing school. And my grandmother passed away about four months before I graduated nursing school, and that's who raised me, and I had to, you know, plan a funeral and plus go to nursing school, plus testing, plus, you know, my daughter, teenager. It's, you know, them teenage years, she was still in my car when I go to sleep at night. I thought, Lord, I just can't handle it. Then my mom died the week before I graduated nursing school. So my grandmother and then her daughter died like three months apart. So then I had to go to school, nursing school, every single day, and then get out of nursing school and plan my mom's funeral. And I still, like, when I look back now, I'm like, how in the world did I get through that? All right? So always, always take it as a lesson or a blessing when the Lord gives us trials. and tribulations, they are to grow up, all right? So tonight we finished up 22. Next week we are going to go into 23, and it's going to talk a little about Abraham's character, okay? So um, I want you guys to read over it because we're going to go through it, and then we're going to go right into Genesis um, chapter 24. Thank everybody, and that's, that's one of those, a man looking for a wife, okay? All right, but there are specifics on what Isaac can and cannot do. Remember, he is the promised seed, the blessing, all right? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. God bless you. God keep you, and may God cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Good night, everybody.